everybody. Welcome to Unprofessional. If you've listened before, welcome back. If this is your first time, we're so glad to have you here. With me is uh, the one and only Jamie Newberry. Hello. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? <laughs> super great today. How's everything over there? Wow, super great. <laughs> super great. Really good I, day. I feel like I'm just not living up to that. <laughs> I'm going to go out and have a better day now just to try to top that. And with us today is Clayton Morris. Hey. Back again. Hey, thanks for having me back. Always a blast. Most importantly, how was your day, Clayton? Oh, my day was wonderful. I, I don't think I left the house all day. <laughs> oh, lucky you. Yeah, I was really, I was just doing some work and, and then you, you know, like halfway through the day, you're like, my God, I haven't done anything and I haven't even showered today. <laughs> oh, I love those days. I, I love, love those days, days and I hate too. those days. Yeah. yeah. It can be dangerous. There are days where if I know I don't have to do anything until, you know, eight, 8 p.m. Like if I've got evening plans, but I'm working from home, I will wait until 730 to shower. Oh, right. <laughs> and I will spend the whole day with the, the anxiety of I'm going to have to shower later. And I know that if I were to shower when I wake up, then it's done. and I don't have to think about it anymore. But I will spend all day stressed about needing to shower. And then I had, yeah, like today I had an important business call for, for my app. Like, and, you know, I was like, it, it, was, it was really important. And I thought, I don't, even need to, I don't even need to get dressed up for this. I'm just wandering around my office. <laughs> I'm just, you know, like. Uh, I love you know, working from home. Just got tra- tra- track pants on and. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so are you the sort of person? Do you do you get do you like to be dressed up for a call like that because that makes you feel, you know, like when you when you're in a suit or something you feel powerful? Or are you the sort of person who likes the uh, enjoys the power of I am so important I get to have this conversation <laughs> in my underwear? Right, that's how I think. I you know I insist that everyone else around me call me important, and so I, I whenever I do a business call I say I'm going to wear underwear for this business call, and I hope that that makes you feel inferior just because I'm sitting here in underwear, <laughs> like Wolf of Wall Street. That's how I roll when I'm on the there phone. No, I don't even, because I, I hate wearing a suit. I mean, I do for my, my day job, but it's like a monkey suit. You know, I feel like it's so constraining. So as soon as I can get out of that thing, I do. And I just would rather roll around in some nice jeans and, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that's kind of how it rolls. Or, you know, like today I was in like track pants and it's so cold. It's that biting cold. And I'm like, no matter what you do, you can't escape it. Um, where it just yeah. like slithers up your clothes, e- even if you've got like slippers on. <laughs> I even had like old man slippers on today, and it still was like coming in. And it reminds me when I lived in Montana. I was a political reporter in Montana, and I and I I rented this like Victorian house, which was ridiculous because I the rent was like five twenty five a month, and I was making like four seventy five a month, so I was paying more in rent than I was bringing in every month, which explains why I went into massive debt. And I would sit there frozen. I, I couldn't heat the place. And I, I went to Walmart and bought a foot bath, <laughs> one of those heated feet, foot baths. And I would sit there after I got home from work and we get like dark at like 4 PM there. And I'd leave the Capitol building where I was working and I come home and I would just sit there and I would just make myself like a can of SpaghettiOs. And I put my feet in this like hot, <laughs> in this like hot foot bath. And that was like my evening. And you just uh, described every day for me. All right. <laughs> And then you had like a small woman uh, scraping your bun- bunions <laughs> off too, walking on if, your back. If mm-hmm. only. But wait, Victorian house, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at history. But was there a Montana during Victorian era? Well, no. There. Well, that's a good question. Um, there was a no. That Montana was uh, became a state. When did Montana became a state? Uh, Had we even discovered Montana by this point? Seventy something. What, what's the Victorian era? Right. Like I the, really don't like know. The seven, like the. Um, so, sometime in the 1700s, right? 
late 1700s 17 or, 17 or 18 i know that that's uh the the sherlock holmes era so i think it's 1800s okay well, montana became a state in 1889 there you go i knew oh, it was jamie 1800s. with the wikipedia yep we got google we have All access fancy so. All right, well, so then look at what's the victorian era then? um that's on that's next hold on <laughs> <laughs> By Let's the way, see. while she's while she's doing this, you mentioned your app. Do you want to you want to take a minute? We can uh, for for those of the the listeners who don't know who you are, those crazy people who've just not been paying any attention. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much, and you've been a great part and great help, and a, and a and a great beta tester over the over the years. So thank you for that, and uh, thanks for for being a part of the success of the app. It's called Read Quick, and it's uh, it was the first speed reading app in the App Store. Of course, there are you know a couple of others have come along now. Um, flattery, as Gruber describes it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's you know it's a speed reading app that presents your articles, your your Instapaper queue, your pocket queue, and now with readability, which we just added uh, most recently, uh, one word at a time on the screen. And of course, we have all sorts of partners in there. So, MacWorld and TechHive are our partners, and um, uh, Long Reads, and so you have like pre-populated content. Um, and you know, people, most people read it about 250 words a minute. But when you start the app and you fire it up, you'll know your reading rate like skyrocketing almost immediately. I had a grandmother who was so skeptical and wrote me on the like, customer service. And she said, I bought the app. Uh, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> and, you know, we have it. To, I think the default is set to 250 words a minute. And she said, I had to decrease it down to 150 words a minute. Um, and I said, OK, we'll give it a shot. And I said, I guarantee you within a week, write to me, and your reading rate's going to go up. I guarantee it. Plus, your comprehension goes up like 35%. Right. And she said, I don't buy that. She was very, you know, curmudgeonly. And so she... <laughs> As grandmothers do. Yeah. And she kept... I felt like half of my day was responding to this one grandmother's emails. I just kept responding. <laughs> she just was writing, and I was like, okay, I'm going to respond. You know, I respond to everyone. And so she wrote the next day, and she said, you're not going to believe this. But I've now doubled my reading rate in one day. She said, I can't believe it. Uh, In one day. That's amazing. Yeah. She went back up to where the default was. (laughs) So, but I was, I was flattered that this grant. So anyway, uh, it's been a labor of love. I built it for myself. Uh, You know, had to read hundreds of news articles for my job. And I wanted, I was fascinated by speed reading since I was a little kid. Um, And we've uh, made all these great partnerships. So if you've got an Instapaper account, uh, you don't have to pay for a premium. We've uh, you know, we partnered with Marco from the very beginning. Marco was great, and uh, and and of course, you know, Gruber was a big help in beta testing from the very beginning. So this has been a labor of love, and we're working on a major, major overhaul that's coming very, very soon. So and I had a big meeting today, which I'm very excited about. It's the one thing that people have been asking for than anything else. I can't let the cat out of the bag. But boy, it's been. It's I been, can probably guess. You can probably guess. What do you think? I'll just throw a, throw a guess out there. Well, I'm just going off of my own experience of the one thing people ask for more than anything else. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's been, <laughs> so, you know, that's, it's been the white whale, but you can imagine how difficult it is. So, uh, and it's a hard problem to solve. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, hard. I don't, I don't want to stay on this, this whole work thing too yeah. much. Although this isn't, this isn't technically your day job, right? So no, that's, no, no. This is like my I, side fun job. <laughs> so it's not, it's not, it's un, it is unprofessional. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean for you, not, I guess for me. Mm-hmm. But it's it's amazing how it seems like this problem, and I'll just I'll just put it out there: syncing. It seems like syncing is well. You've got iCloud now. You've got Dropbox. You've got all these these sync platforms and sync solutions. And so this should just be a solved problem. And it's totally natural and totally understandable that users and even some developers would think that this is a solved problem and it should be really easy to do sync. But to do sync right, to do it well, is really really hard. 
Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny you said sinking, and I, that didn't occur to me as the main issue. But that, oh, really? That's not what you were talking it's about. It's still on our radar. In fact, I yeah. In fact, I was having a discussion about this with a friend, a mutual friend, the other day, and it, it's still an issue. But it's funny because if everyone's using Pocket or Instapaper, then That's the sinking it, it's solved anyway. Right, no, I mean right. the, the, the white whale for us is books. Uh, it's ah. the you know and it's incredibly license it's license hell you know it's right, you know how do you right. how do you get your books in there and I, we didn't want to go the route of putting generic like gutenberg books in there or that kind of crap you know um uh, which might be down the road but that we want your book that you just bought you know that, and so it's 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 a difficult process that we're working through but uh, we think we're we're very close are you much of a reader jamie i i do read but i don't usually read on readers i I still, I still read books. books. Now this is a big move. <laughs> no, this is a great movement. Have you heard? Did you read that article recently about the? the it's like the ten things that really successful people do. You know, I've read so. <laughs> I've read so many of those. Yeah, I'm going to write one, and I'm going to call it the one thing that successful people do. <laughs> the five, it's, the five things that yeah. They it's, do it's things. The, the one thing, and that one thing is succeed. So all you have to do is succeed, and you'll be successful. But just one, like all of those successful. Well, people. here's the one one of the one things that they do, um, it, which is. Uh, they read real books in yep. bed. Like they read real books before bedtime, so they're not sitting there with the, the blue light of a tablet keeping them awake at night. But they read See? real books, you know. I do this. I, I read real books. Yeah. So yeah, I, I still like that. I still um, I still like that sort of tactile experience. So yeah, I do that for I do that for some books. But you do what, well, what kind of books? Well, it kind of depends if it's a book that. Um, if I see it in a store or if it's recommended and there isn't an ebook version or if there's um, if it's something that I know that I'm going to want to keep around, I'll buy it on I'll buy it in paper form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just got I bought a copy of um, John Green's The Fault in Our Stars, which mm-hmm. I haven't even cracked open yet. And I may or may not ever get around to cracking it open. But I'm a big John Green fan. And I just kind of like having it sitting there. It like the book itself means something regardless of whether I read it. But then there's a lot of books that I just want to get through. Not get through, but I want to read and I want to have that experience, but I don't want it taking up space in my home. Right. I, I feel you. And, you know, I, as far as gifts, gift giving, too. Oh, yeah. You know, my wife and I, I are big readers. Yeah. And I love books and I love history books. And I was a history major in college. And I like that big, you know, mm-hmm. biography. And I like the, the girth of it. <laughs> the big, weighty books. And it yeah. always looks nice. You know, books look great around the house. I don't know. There's yeah, and you can feel, appeal. and you can feel that sense of accomplishment, right? I mean, it's it's more it's more appealing to put that bookmark back in I at the end totally of the night agree. with like a a glass of tawny port by a fireplace <laughs> and and your monocle in your eye, and then rather than looking down and just seeing a progress bar on a Kindle app, you know. Well, here's the thing. I've I've mentioned this I've mentioned this on the show before, and I've been laughed at, but I do a lot of my reading in the shower. What? What? I put. <laughs> I How do you have like a response. suction cup? Like, <laughs> no, I take. I put my phone in a Ziploc bag, and like while I'm in the shower, I'll, I'll just kind of read stuff on my phone. Really? Yeah, I got. I got through The Great Gatsby standing in the shower. You must my take favorite book. Really long showers, Dave. No, I'll just you know four or five pages, and I'm good. But it's like I don't know stolen moments, right? Where I know that I'm going to have a few minutes in the shower. That's great. I'm not doing anything else. What holds See, the bag up? Like where? Where's what's the placement at eye level? I hold it. You hold it. Yeah, how do you hold, how do you use your loofah? 
<laughs> I have two hands, sir. I'm with Clayton. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. I would need to like have some sort of Ziploc phone mount. Right. It's weird. This it's mechanism. Weird. No, this is like something that CES, you know, that they need to solve, right? This is right. <laughs> That's like we've got, you know, there. Bluetooth speakers in the shower that, you know, you can you can do airplay and you can listen to your podcast in the shower, that sort of thing. No, we need just for Dave's purposes, we need like some sort of a waterproof shower mount yep. for yeah. your iPhone. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't you use, why wouldn't you put like an iPad in there? Oh, I don't know. That's I, what I, I, I was take my phone anyway. Sometimes I do. And it, there, there are nights where I haven't done this since I moved to New York, but there, there have been nights where like I'll just, I'll draw a hot bath like as a way of relaxing because sometimes I'll just get like wound up doing work stuff all day. Yeah. And I just want to like unwind. So I'll draw a hot bath like, you know. Like like any single woman in their thirties living in New York would do, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Do you put some rose petals in there too? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I like the scented oils yeah, and I had some I was candles. Just say the oils, yep. And then uh, you and Carrie Bradshaw wrote up a blog <laughs> <laughs> blog <Hanging> post. Out. <laughs> uh-huh. And and then you know I'll lay in the bath for uh, hours sometimes, and I'll just read on my phone or on an iPad. But part of my thing it's it's so funny because a paper book. I would, I could, I guess, take into the bath with me, but I would be so worried about dropping it, and I should be more worried about dropping my, you know, thousand dollar phone technology. or whatever. Yep. Right. But for some reason, that doesn't cross my mind. I'm, I, my phone is insured. My books aren't, so maybe there's that. I think you need to get like a lanyard, you know, one of the- <laughs> <laughs> I know. a little shower proof lanyard. Yeah, like a shower lanyard that comes in a little, you know, like a little plastic baggie that you'd put like an ID. You know, <laughs> and hang it around the shower head. You know, people, people have, there's that thing about you have your best ideas in the shower. They're, you know, that cliche, that whatever you want to call it. I, I have great ideas in the shower, but they're all about how to improve showering. Well, they do make waterproof notepads. I don't know if you know that, but, uh, they I do? actually have one in my shower. It's a waterproof notepad with a pencil. And it's really weird. The sheets of paper are almost like rubber, but I barely ever use it. And I'm always worried about, like, why is that there? Why Why do I even have that there? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the, days, on the days when I do shower, it's like 3 in the morning, and it's just, it's mechanical. I don't even, I'm in there for like five <laughs> minutes, and I'm just, Oh, you yeah, because you have to get up ridiculously early yeah. for work. But I love, you know, this idea of multitasking as it as it as it relates to to brainstorming with big ideas and i've been sort of fascinated about this because i do speeches on this around technology and how you know how how technology affects our brains and and should we be you know should we have technology in the shower is a question maybe we should be asking or should we be reading an ipad in bed with the blue light that's actually keeping our brains awake and stimulated in ways that you know our ancestors never have and and we can balance that out with the hue light bulbs and have them set to uh, a different color temperature yeah i I love that i love love them so much yeah i've got like six of those bulbs i love i do too you know what i got the um the like the light strips you stick on so oh yeah i don't (laughs) have the light strips i have the bulbs somebody gifted us that this uh this christmas this past christmas so we are loving hue we have hue and nest and those are like our favorite home technology things oh yeah the nest we saved like hundreds of dollars within the first month during the summer when we first flipped the nest on Mm. Uh, from June to July in the blazing hot summer, yeah, uh, our our you know electric bill went down hundreds of dollars because of the nest. That's amazing. Yeah, that was you. a big disappointment for me coming to New York because I've got a radiator thing going here. Oh, Which you know yeah. this this whole uh, uh, polar arc polar vortex is that what they're calling it? Yeah, what the heck is that? 
<laughs> I have no idea. Well, I just know it's it's really cold outside, and it, it's it, I'm happy about this because it's finally cold enough that I can close my windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New York New York apartments are weird in that way. You you'll find that I mean, when I lived in in, in Manhattan, you know, uh, and my girlfriend like she had at the time her her radiator heat or whatever, you know, it would blast and she, it was like a sauna and then you have to open the windows and then it, you know, be freezing and there's no like happy yeah. medium with that kind of, that kind of heat. Yeah. My, my temperature regulation is how far I open the window. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a, a like a, a knob that you have to turn? No, no, it's completely beyond my control. That's like the darkness control knob on a toaster. It doesn't really do <laughs> anything. It doesn't do anything. You get toast or right. don't. It's just extreme. Or burnt, or burnt chart. Yes. Yeah. There's, no, there's no happy. There's no, that, that thing doesn't work. Burnt or not burnt. Are my Pop-Tarts ruined or not? Oh, I love Pop-Tarts. I think you're onto something, though. But see, don't you find, though, that your moments in the shower are like, that's where your big ideas would have come from. But now you're reading... You know, you're reading Upton Sinclair muckraking books, and you're not uh, about you know, and you're not really then having these big brainstorming sessions. Like when you're in the in the bath, that's when these big breakthrough ideas could be coming, right? Mm-hmm. They they still do. I mean, I spend so much of my time at home alone, submerged it, in I don't, water. Well, <laughs> not literally, but I feel I feel like I get plenty of that time to, and I suffer from insomnia, so there's plenty of nights where I'll just be laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, and like these things go through me. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on that time, but there are those stolen moments between me doing things where I'll have flashes. Like I've had this idea. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show before, and uh, this is one of those. I I don't care if somebody takes the idea. I want somebody to take the idea. Please, if you're out there, you're listening, you like this idea, please make this. I want the nest for the shower. So that you can sit in bed and turn it on so that the five minutes it takes to warm up is you're well, it's ready to yes. go. Thanks. A couple of things. I want to like set my profile for the temperature at which I like the water. And then uh, my phone, my alarm goes off. And when my alarm goes off, the shower kicks on. So a couple of things are going to happen here. One is that when I go in there, the water is going to be the exact temperature I want because it's going to send me a little notification saying the shower's ready. <laughs> and two, and two, I'm not going to hit snooze because I know the water's right. There's like a thing that I have to get out of bed for. Right. So it helps me wake up and get moving in the morning. That's automation. It, it's like Doc Emmett Brown's house where there's like a yeah. dog, dog waiting for the food bowl at the end of the whole process. I don't know. I'd worry, though, that it might get it wrong. And so you get in there, and you're like, yeah, it's 70, you know, it's, it's 90 degrees. This will be perfect. And you get in and you find out it's, you know, it's 120 <laughs> degrees and your skin Scalding. sears off. <laughs> God. It messed well, maybe up. still test like it. Heat gauge. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you wouldn't just walk in there blindly. You'd put your hand out first. <laughs> the hard, the hard part, I guess, is that they don't usually run electrical wires next to the plumbing pipes. So getting it all hooked up, there's no, it's not like the nest where you can you just plug the thing into the thing and it works. Right. Right. There's, this, yeah. There's no it's thing. It's a little more complicated. Replacing. We're mixing no, yeah, no. electricity and water here. Maybe, but then you see like the light ups on the on the ice machines on on your refrigerator when you put your cup up to it and the light comes on so you can see the water coming out. And then also, mm. I, I spoke to our contractor. We were doing some work on our house and uh, getting like an, a small addition put on our house, and he was saying you wouldn't believe this bathroom that we just worked on up in some you know rich area. And he was describing it, and it was astonishing. And it was very much like what you're talking about. Each person has their shower profile with like multiple heads shooting out Ooh. of the wall. <laughs> yeah, I want multiple shower heads. I've and you walk this. in and you and you knows who you are. You press the button and you're like user number one. 
and it knows who you are. It sets the temperature that you want, and the heads are facing, you know, uh, so wherever you're. Like- Combining the uh, like the Fitbit scale, what's that scale? I was just right, thinking right, that right, the right. Aria, the weight yeah. based profile. Wow! So I, I don't want to hit. I don't want to hit a profile thing. I want to step into the shower and it tells me. Well, tell me how much I weigh. Sure, why not? Well, and then profile? like yeah, it knows on but, your uh, profile. Also, yeah, just know me. It's aiming like the jets are aiming. You know where your genitals line up. Like <laughs> <laughs> wrong person. Right. right. Why is it hitting me in the mouth? <laughs> It should be my or wife. Ma- or maybe that's a feature. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can also, at that point, there's a serious size disparity between you and your wife, is what I'm getting. <laughs> that's true. I mean, she's like, my wife is like five feet tall, and I'm six feet, too. So there's, you know, that, that, that shower a- profile would be odd. Yeah. Like, why is, this, why is yeah. it hitting my knees? I like the idea of the automated, the shower head itself will turn or adjust to wherever it wants to. And if you had multiple shower, oh, this could be so amazing. That's the thing. Your height, your height discrepancy between you and your wife, Clayton, it, it's actually the perfect case scenario for why something like this would be very, very useful. It's sort of like the, well, the seats in the car. You know, you can have profiles for your seats and where they're adjusted. Yeah, I need yeah. that. So we're not car people, but boy, whenever we get like a rental car that has that feature, yeah. I mean, we fumble around with it, right? And you and you set, you know, user number one and yeah. like the mirrors move and that whole thing and it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, we, we, have, we have two cars that we share and we get in and out of them equally. I mean, if she drives that one, I drive this one. It doesn't matter. And so we're constantly, I'm constantly having to jack the seat all the way back, move the mirrors. <laughs> um, you know, the amount of time that I waste on that, I could be, I could be showering. <laughs> well, the, uh, the Microsoft Xbox Connect thing, that can like, just scan the room and like, build a 3D image of you and recognize you by face and shape. So why couldn't your shower do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, this is the type of stuff that you know the folks at CES need to be solving. Um, I this it, I, I don't want to say it's a problem. I mean, I can get in my shower and take a shower just fine. But you know, I, I don't like using the word disruption. <laughs> but I think I I think that that this is a market ripe for destruct uh, disruption and maybe destruction. But this is this is. Uh, this is a serious first world problem that I think should be solved. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's still tons of room for exploration and solving things there. Well, the the argument would be that uh, it would save on water, right? Because you'd spend less time waiting for, or you'd spend less time with the shower at the wrong temperature, and it would help to expedite. The, I'm totally bullshitting, <laughs> right? But surely, surely there's some kind of science in there somewhere, right? Well, in the same I would way, think. yeah, in the same way that like your nest saved you money. I mean, water conservation is a huge concern, and that could be the motivation for sure. And maybe it even beeps at you when your shower should be done. <laughs> You're in too long. Right. <laughs> but you've, like, hey, Dave, you've read enough of your novel. Now it's time, <laughs> to, get, it's time to get out of the shower. Like the way an electric toothbrush will, will buzz at you when it's time to stop brushing. Right. I, you know, it's funny. I never hit that level. I'm done well before that buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my wife, she'll spend like 20 minutes in the, like, brushing her teeth and flossing. And then we go to the dentist, and he's like, great teeth, no cavities. They look perfect. And I'm like, see, all the extra time you spend doing all of these extra things, and we get the same, we get the same, same pat on the back when we walk out of there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I think you're right. There are a lot of things that are ripe for disruption. Like, the things that, the things that we talk about in the house that would be beneficial were away from the house, and it would be nice to preheat the oven. Yeah. Or to be able to turn your oven off. 
Exactly. If, if you if you, if you or make sure it. that it's off yeah. if you have have OCD. And and I mean, tell you that's the benefit of the Nest, right? We'll be on our way to yes. San Francisco or something, going to the airport, and you're like, oh crap, we forgot to turn off the heat. Yep. Like, oh, you know, just pull up your app and just turn it off right there while you're driving. Or when you land and you haven't been home for a week and the air conditioning's yep. been off, just fire it up an hour before you get home when you hit the airport. You know. Oh. We That's need some that. Jetson shit it's, right it there. Is. It it's is. It's amazing. It's a miracle. We live in an amazing time. We really well, do. What's the other thing? Oh, the, I saw at CES the Crock-Pot, which that thing's on all day anyway. Like, why do you need a, why do you need a smart Crock-Pot? I don't need a smart Crock-Pot. Like, it, it, like it's... What? Yeah. Nah. What would even make it smart? That it would go on. I mean, it's it's already on for eight hours a day, right? Like, and you have is to, someone not home in that amount of time? That you, <laughs> <laughs> you have to put the stuff in it too. It's not like it's going to prepare the the things that go in it. You know, that would be very handy. But that's yeah, really the like, only improvement me, I can see to the crockpot is you know the preparation part, <laughs> right? Putting it all in there, <laughs> chopping up all those vegetables. Exactly. Well, they've got those uh, those coffee machines with the pods and and whatever, and you can get a fully. Yeah, and, and well, I guess Starbucks has one now too. And yeah. I guess even with beans, they've got uh, coffee machines, espresso machines, where the the beans and the grinder and the water it's all hooked up to the same thing, and you can just hit a button and it just makes coffee. It does all the things to make coffee come out. Why couldn't you make little dinner pods that that like you hit a button and it drops the dinner pod into the thing and it does some stuff and then eight hours later you have a meal ready. I was like, that would be fantastic. That would taste. I, I bet that would taste delicious. I, how could it not <laughs> dinner? <laughs> Dinner pods. I can even see the commercials for it too. Yeah, it's it's called a frozen pot pie. <laughs> oh, I love frozen pot pies. You know what? Me too. I'm a sucker for okay. those. I mean, I'm the I'm the worst person in the world to judge quality of food because I I like all of the things that people think are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've gone. I mean, I've I've gone the other direction. I used to be that way. I've I mean, I've gone the you know sort of low carb, gluten free path nice, now. And nice. and mm. but back in the day, I used to love those big. It was in a yellow cardboard box, that big chicken pot pie. <laughs> it was like Mrs. T's. No, those are the pierogies. But like Mrs. Uh, what was that? It was, it was like a big, giant one. And you could feed two. And it was, the, it, was the, it was the pot pie my mom would leave when she had to go out of town for a business <laughs> meeting for my dad and I. And we'd throw it in. We're like, hey, we're going to make dinner? All right. And like set the, you know, set the timer for 350 degrees, <laughs> pop it in. An hour later, it's done. We split it in half, and that was dinner. That's this awesome. gelatinous, you know, this gelatinous goodness. <laughs> that you that do, baked you know crust. My, my growing up um, easy dinner when parents were gone for my sister and I was the Totino's party pizza. That was oh, our. <laughs> that, yeah. was our <laughs> that was our easy what about dinner. The, what about the Elios? Oh, you ever have the Elios? Great. Those are really East Coast, and I'm a West Coast girl. But I have because I am, I am now dating an East Coast based man um he's he's from the east coast he's introduced me to elios and I, those are great do I they still make those. them they do you can get them um still in like the boston area really yeah because and what's great about the elios like if you don't eat them um you can use you can use them to reshingle your roof <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> they're like so hard i mean i don't even it's not even like a pizza i don't even know what it is that's the thing it, you know what yeah. it is it's like a pizza on a shortbread cookie that's yep. like what the thing oh, is Oh, weird They're have you ever eaten bizarre. this thing dave i've never even heard of this look for them out there they might have them in new york um otherwise i'll i'll ask around and see where where you can get them because um yeah, my boyfriend's mom had some on hand there while we went back for Christmas because we love, you know, we love these ridiculous things. So. You put them in like the toaster oven. Yep. 
and you put like two of them and it's like a it's not even like a real cheese like it looks <laughs> and it, you get it out of the you get it out of the cardboard box and it's like frozen little piece of cheese you chew on it and you thought it was like mozzarella like you assume it is and you hope it is but clearly it's not it's not because um, yeah no cheese looks like that and then when you fire up that toaster oven you know it begins to just melt on there and it gets a little crispy um, and there's never enough sauce. It's <laughs> it's it's mostly just cart like a giant like an inch thick of like cardboard dough with like a little bit of red sauce yep. and like seven pieces of mozzarella cheese on top. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Right? You yeah, I mean, and you're in New York it. City now. Clearly, you don't have good pizza in New York City, so I would try to get Elio's frozen frozen shingles. I've had some pretty bad luck with pizza here. I don't know what my deal is. Not sure what the problem is, but I, I'm just not finding good pizza. Really? I've also had a, I had a really hard time finding Thai food, good Thai food in the city. Have you tried one of my favorite places in New York City? It's a place called Sabaro. <laughs> have you ever been there? <laughs> no. At the airport? <laughs> right. You know, or, uh, no, uh, no. Let me, let me write that down. Yeah, get, jot that down. It's uh, New York-based. <laughs> I, did, I did finally find good Thai food. A uh, uh, friend and past guest, Matt Drance, suggested something. A mm. place called... Uh, Pong, Pong Sri, I think, down in Chinatown. Really great Thai food. The only thing that gave me pause is that they had a B rating. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. On the- well, that's kind of par for one of those places. I mean, yeah. What- so for anybody not listening, the way it works in New York is all of the restaurants or places that serve food have health inspection ratings on the window. Yeah. I forget how old this is. This, this is not how, only how long in New York, doing this. just so you know. As long as I've lived there, which was you know, like five years yeah. yeah, and so it's uh, for a while. It, to, in my mind, it was well. I'm only eating places with an A rating. Then you realize everybody gets an A rating, right? That then, when you see a B rating, all I can think to myself is, how bad must this be? <laughs> or the opposite, which I was, which is where I thought you were going with this. Like, hey, this is going to be an adventure. <laughs> no, no, I'm not a food adventurer because I could be no. laid up on the couch for a couple of days after tonight <laughs> at Pong Sri down in, K- in Chinatown. Who knows what's in that? The place is amazing. I've eaten there twice, and both times it turned out fantastic. I know that name, and I, I wonder if that's a chain because I. I've it is. Eaten, there's a few around town because I've eaten at one of. The, there was one right across the street from me where I, I lived. Uh, I lived right in Times Square. Uh, Why would you do that? It was corporate housing. I was there for like a month. Um, oh, okay, and that's you know it was like right close to the studio, so it was you know right yeah. right around the corner from like Thirty Rock and the whole thing. But there was a Pong Sri right across the street, and I would get takeout from there. It was delicious. Thai yep, food. same place. Yeah, yeah, same place. Yeah, really so, good place. If only somebody had recommended that earlier. But at least I got the recommendation, so I got to try it. And I've been passing it on to other people. But I still can't find a good pizza place. There was a place on the Upper West Side that we loved called Cheesy Pizza. And we tried I'm sure the listeners all. are loving this, by the way. Seriously, the thing is, if you come to New York City, and everyone does, and everyone wants to eat good pizza when they're there, wouldn't you like to be armed with this kind of information? Absolutely. You know? yeah. Don't eat at Famous Dave's. Don't eat at those like tourist traps. No, no. And there's, there's like Ray's, Original Ray's, Famous right, Ray's, Famous right. Original Ray's, and they all have nothing to do with one Yeah, another. don't bother with those places. It's like when I get, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. I get furious when people go to Philadelphia, and they get, or there was a girl in our uh, studio last weekend doing a segment. She's like, Gino's or pats i said neither are you out of your mind what? you go to you know john's roast pork in south philly they're only open till three in the afternoon there's a line out the door it's a little dinky place you better know how to order because the guys like the cheesesteak nazi you get up to the front <laughs> you better you better know how to order it's the same guy that's always in there um and you better know how to order something off the grill or not and you better not get cheese whiz don't even talk to me about cheese whiz you know yeah i you have know, no interest need, in the cheese or jim's you know jim's cheesesteaks and on south on south street in philadelphia like these are things you need to be armed with if you're going to go to philly for two days you need you need good cheesesteaks not the, that crap tourist stuff yeah 
See? Fuck the tourist stuff. I'm making exactly. copious notes here. Taking copious notes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the person not anywhere near New York. Yep. That's me. Sorry. That's all right. Sorry. You're, re- you're representative of the audience, which is totally uh, tuning out on the, on the New York food no, stuff. No, it's very It's really useful. It's useful knowledge for me. I'll be out there it, next month. So, yeah. That's, hey, you will? Yeah. Where do you oh, live now? Where that. do you live now? I'm in Las Vegas, which you said you were at CES, so you were just out here. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't even stop to say hi. I know. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> Good old CES. Yep. I we stay. Should. I go nowhere near CES anymore. I used to work. Uh, I used to do CD, satellite media tours uh, during CES and Comdex and all those those things. And mm. I don't do those anymore. That Red Rock Canyon, man, you got you, that's beautiful. Out gorgeous there. out there, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of things that are gorgeous. We should take a quick moment here and uh, talk about the episode sponsor. Oh, giddy, giddy up! We don't actually have a sponsor yet, so I'm just leaving the spot for it. <laughs> nice, nice. And there may not be a sponsor because uh, I'm taking over the sponsor stuff to whatever degree, and I may or may not get this done by next week. So there's, a, but now there's a spot, a space just worst, in case. <laughs> worst case scenario, I'll use the sponsor slot to talk about how people should sponsor the show. Awesome. Hey, there you go. You know, people, it's an untapped market. I mean, I, I, I host a couple of podcasts and been doing one for six years called the Grizzly Bear Egg Cafe with my best friend. We nice. grew up next door to each other. And, you know, we have tens of thousands of listeners. We've got great sponsors on there for years. And people, re- I mean, the people that come up to us or who are sort of rabid fans of the show or who, that's such an untapped market for, for sponsors and bigger brands who just do not realize what a you know what a captive audience you, you have to choose to listen to this show it's i mean true. no one's yeah. putting a gun it's to true. your head no one's putting a gun to your head to listen to a show yeah and our experience has been that the uh, the listeners of this show they're almost like uh and i got to be really careful what i say because i'm talking about the exact people who are listening to me talk about them right now uh, they, they, I don't want to say rabid, but they, you know, it's kind of a, uh, uh, it's not a nerd show, but the audience tends to be of that ilk. It's like people who are into technology and the sorts of people who would like go to a sci-fi convention, you know, the, like our people, right. They know how to download a podcast and they know how to try out, you know, they know how to try out apps. They know how to, they know how to turn on a Sonos. They know how to read an iPhone in a shower. <laughs> right. And not, not only all of that, but even more importantly, at least to my mind, even more importantly, is they know how to be a fan of something. And they get really into it, and they, they feel a sense of ownership. So when we have sponsors, especially repeat sponsors, uh, you know, I, I would hesitate to ever guarantee anything to a sponsor. But what I, what I can assure you is that like, these, those things get stuck in people's heads. Like people, our listeners especially, Loyalty. we've tried. We've done, yeah, we've, we've done... Things like asking people if they skip our ads or, or that's where we've done uh, surveys and that kind of thing. And almost 100% of the time, the response is, no, we really like the ads. Yeah. And, and when you're in, yeah, that's the thing. When uh, I, I never skip ads inside podcasts oh, because yeah. it, to me, it's buy-in. I, I care about the show and I support, I, support the, I support the sponsors on those shows. And I listen to a lot of podcasts and I never, I never fast forward through pod, uh, sponsorships. Um, because I just feel like it's, yeah, like you said, it's the buy-in. Uh, you're part of that community, uh, and you want to support that. You want to support that community. And my take on doing sponsorships is I've always felt that the sponsor read should be as much a part of the show as anything else. Exactly. I will say things that I honestly feel about a sponsor. I'll crack jokes. 
Our sponsors, we've had sponsors comment on uh, the fact that we swear. <laughs> I very casually will swear during sponsors, and they dig that because it, it seems like this isn't us getting paid to do a thing. It's us talking about exactly. something very casually, which is the nature of the show anyway. I, you probably couldn't do that you know, on, on, uh, on your TV network there. No. But, uh, no. No, yeah. and, and that's and, the point, right? It's that you know people are watching that show passively. Yes, we have like two million viewers or whatever, but you know people are getting their kids ready for school. They're doing other things. They've got it on in the background. Maybe people kind of tune out during during these big television advertisements. But it, it's those old media types who think that that's the only form of advertising right, yeah. that exists. And if if you had companies who were savvy enough. Like the sponsors that you have here, or some of the, you know, I've heard like Ford, who has been somewhat savvy in doing things on podcasts and stuff in the past. But you know why? You know why doesn't uh, like Toyota yeah. do something smart on like podcasts and you know just we have a captive audience, just do something special. It would be so easy if a company like Squarespace. And by the way, I was taking the train up to uh, Midtown today, and on the train, I'm seeing ads for Squarespace. You just can't fucking avoid Squarespace. Yeah. If they, and I'm not even sure, they can't, they, they should be doing re- really well. I hope they're doing really no, they're well. Doing but it blows, it blows my mind that they can afford to spend as much on advertising as they do. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's but great. if they can do it, why, why can't Ford or Chevy or whomever, these big car companies, it wouldn't cost them that much to buy out like a full week of every podcast. They, they just don't get it. I'm telling you. I mean, I work in this business. It's true. And yep. They don't understand it. I mean, you know from doing satellite tours, you know from working in the media <laughs> business in that way. I mean, it's, it's you have a – let me tell you something. From working in old, like local news from back in the day, I mean, I don't yep. work in local news anymore, thank God. But in local news, let me tell you what the sales team would do. I mean, you would get just rewarded by renewing the local car dealership, yep. right? John, who did you sell this month? Well, we got, you know, we got um, John Motor Ford and on Route 4 to, to re-up with us this month. Good job. You know, and then one <laughs> of the other salespeople comes in and says, you know, we got um, a group of podcasters. We're going to do a – and you're like, what? What are you talking what, – what, what, what is that? You know, yep. and, you know, it's just – there's that mentality there. They just don't get it. But those who do are really smart and savvy. And, you know, we used to talk to different sponsors. We realized from our audience in testing was that th- – they they actually like sponsors to stick around for more than one episode. Exactly. Yeah. Like you build brand loyalty with people for being yeah. there for multiple episodes and having a discussion with them. And because people, it goes in one ear and out the other, but then they'll stick around. And if you hear it over multiple episodes and you start to build that brand awareness that as, as a part of that show, that the audience actually loves that. Um, I mean, I appreciate that. I know if, if a, I know if a brand has supported my favorite podcast for a month, that's like... I'm I'm way more game to like buy one of their products uh, than if they you know they were like a fly by night kind of a person, you know like the girl who taunted you to you know to go out for a drink one time but never called you. <laughs> one time. One time. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, this is the longest sponsor read ever in which we didn't mention. It's a great though. It's, it's a great great <laughs> elaboration on the topic. I love it. I I find the whole business interesting. Yeah. I find and I'm, I'm going to say business with uh, air quotes around it because it, it it seems to me that making a show, doing this kind of thing, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But it's it's such a labor of love, right? And the fact that money can be made doing this still kind of blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that it's not held by like three major networks anymore. That it's held by, you know, it's held by thousands of other people. Yeah. Well, you go on iTunes and you see there's, you know, clusters of networks and there are 
a lot of the more popular podcasts are podcasts hosted by people that have done well in other mediums. And so it's, I don't know, I guess we're still waiting for a real transition there. It's not like, I mean, I don't remember when Mark Maron was last doing a thing on TV and was popular, but it's not a surprise to me that somebody like him with media contacts with an audience already would be able to build up an audience for a podcast. True. I, I don't know, you know, not everyone, everyone people says, oh, you can just get a microphone, you can create your own podcast. Yeah. But it's yeah, not it's like the case. Get a guitar, you can write a song. Right. right. You've got to have... <laughs> Good luck. I mean, I've been a, you know, television host for a lot of years. I know how to continue a conversation, you know, so to avoid dead air. You know, I exactly. know how to make sure that... I know, and I'm, I'm taking notes <laughs> last, uh, for the last 45 minutes here, jotting stuff down. But, you know, it's not... That's what I do for a living. Like, there's no way in the world I could just jump in and, and do what you do. Uh, there's, you know, and, and so the idea that you just grab a microphone and you create, a, a you know, an award-winning podcast is BS. You've got to... There's a lot of things that go into it. Um, and there's a lot of thought that has to go into it, but it's nowhere near as difficult as it once was to have right. content. I mean, you can literally fill up your whole day with stuff you never watch on major network television. Any, I mean, most people don't. In fact, the whole young generation now is not even getting a cable box when they go off to college or beyond. They're, 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 it's not even on their mind to get a cable box anymore. Right. The way that they watch television is all through YouTube, or they you know see a clip that their friend sends them, or they're listening or watching podcasts, or uh, they're getting something through their Xbox on ESPN or something. Whatever they're doing, they're not getting a cable box. I'm interested in the fact that it seems like these YouTube shows are... There's a couple things going on. One is that uh, a lot of the video bloggers will find a really big audience, a, a, so almost mind-blowingly big audience. You get like a million views on, on a, a video clip without... I don't want to say with, with very little effort, but with much less effort than it would take to get a million people to listen to an episode of a podcast. And the people who are doing really well on YouTube aren't old media type personalities. They're people who sat down and decided to produce a show for YouTube. You look at guys like John and Hank Green, uh, who they've sort of built this, this little media empire out of making YouTube videos. Right. And why is it? Is it just that there's video? Is it that it's shorter? Is it like, what's, is it the YouTube community? What makes it easier for a video to do better a a video series to do so much more traffic than a podcast series Hmm. i think there's so many variables in that right yeah it's hard to pin you know one of which is commitment to commitment to a release schedule Mm -hmm. so if you're going to do something like if you're if you're out there listening you think you want to start a podcast you cannot be intermittent you've got to do it you're gonna if you say you're gonna release something on a monday you know, and I'm telling you what, if you do something every every day or every week for a year, you're gonna start to see results. Yeah. But yeah. but literally they start they're gonna do one video and they're gonna you know, they're gonna it's gonna burn out after three videos. I mean, that's the success of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Um you, you know, he when people said there was no way you're gonna do a daily video wine show every day. There's just no way you're gonna do it. And he said, Watch. And he did it every day mm-hmm. uh, and without fail. Um, and sometimes he would produce a couple just if he knew he couldn't do them on those other days. Uh, so there's a whole lot of variables, but just one of which is just like commitment to the task. And that just goes to business itself, right? right. But, it, you know, it's not that different than just gen- general business, I think. But that's one v- big variable is just a commitment to a release schedule and just producing it. And shipping, too, right? It doesn't have to be flawless. You know from developing an app. It doesn't have to have sync done on day one. Right? I mean, it really doesn't, right? You get it out there and you refine it over time. Exactly. Uh, With a, the, your, your take on release schedule is, is interesting. I think I agree with you there. 
And I've I've been very proud of the fact that with this show we've never missed a week. Mm-hmm. Yep. In uh, this is episode I think seventy five. Yeah, this will be episode 75. In the last 75 weeks, we've put out 75 shows. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. In the last 75 weeks, we put out 77 shows because we we did a special one-off live thing that was a paid episode. And then uh, last week, we did a thing that was a it's a, it's a $1 download for all the deleted scenes that were left over from the, the last year and a half. So we've our release schedule has been very important to us. Our uh, The network that we were, we were on before, Mule Radio, they, uh, they, they did a holiday break. And we, we pushed back a little bit. It's like, well, we've never missed a week. Yeah. And last, last year, we put out an episode on Christmas and an episode on New Year's <laughs> Day. And we sort of treated them as specials. We did a Christmas special thing and, and all of that. We, I want to keep that going. I don't care if we have to record a Christmas special in July like the, the TV people do. I, I want to have I want to make sure that the people who don't celebrate Christmas or, or maybe don't have anyone with whom to celebrate Christmas have a show to listen to. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it because – you know, my, my show that I've been doing with my buddy since, you know, like six years now, the Grizzly Berry Cafe, we, we've never, we've missed, there was like one time where we missed a week um, because one of us had a baby. Um, Jerk. <laughs> yeah. And, and then one, or like one of us had like, uh, was in the hospital. Uh, he's a professional wrestler, so he like ended up like smashing his skull. Wow. Um, no joke. Um, and, Fairly uh, valid I just like excuse. <laughs> You mentioned him so many times up until now, and only now do you mention, oh, by the way, yeah, professional wrestler. Yeah. He's actually one of the top independent pro wrestlers in the world, actually. But, uh, yeah, he, um, wow. he would like, he was like, oh, I'm in the hospital. I'm, I'm, I can't even get out of bed. I'm like, okay, I guess there's, this is a week. But, but, yeah, we're consistent every week, every week for six years. And have you ever heard of the guy John Lee Dumas? Um, he hosts a uh-huh. show called Entrepreneur on Fire. He, uh, he, was, in the, he was in the military. And he releases a podcast every day. Wow! And and it's an entrepreneurial, you know, sort of business podcast. And he was saying that the reason he decided to do it was he was driving one afternoon. He was listening to some business podcasts as he was driving, and he he literally got to the end of his iPod. Like he ran out of shows, wow. and he still had like two hours on the road. <laughs> and he said, and he said, I know that there are other people out there who want to consume more than this, like me, and who just aren't being served. And so he decided to do one every day. I love it. So he'll record, he'll record seven a day and he releases them all through the week and he's never missed an episode. He's up to like 500 episodes now or something, but, um, and he, you know, but he's a military guy. He's like, I, you know, that's how I, that's how I do it. I'm just regimented about it. And that's been, that's been his success. I love it. Sticking to that. There's a, that's interesting because the shows that, I don't know, like with a produced bigger budget show, something like a Game of Thrones or, or like a you know, something along those lines, you're only going to get so many episodes, like 10, 15 episodes in a year. A season. Yeah. 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 And you'll go through those and then hopefully there's enough stuff you like that you've always got. If you want to sit down and watch something, there's always something that you could be watching over the course of a year and the cycle starts over again. But then there's shows like The Daily Show or, or Colbert where you can sit down at least four nights out of the week and you've got new stuff to watch. And as long as it's new stuff being made by people that you sort of trust to do good stuff, it doesn't have to be big budget, high production value stuff. It can just kind of be more of that type of opinion. That's really it. It's creating an expectation and following through. I mean, that's that's what people like, I think. So you're sort of you're sort of new to this, Jamie. This whole this whole podcasting thing. Yeah, I'm very new. I've I've been a guest on a couple podcasts, but actually um, co-hosting 
is very new. This is my second episode. <laughs> so, well, yeah. that's not quite true. That's not quite true. Uh, Jamie and I were working on a show oh, that we were going to do yep. a, like a, a separate thing for a few months. We'd been sitting down once a week and uh, we would, the whole deal was like, we would just sort of talk for 30 minutes and it was like kind of a, a brain dump our emotional state and whatever. And we thought that might be like an interesting angle there. And so we were working on producing this and much like when Lex and I started this show, uh, wanting to go through several episodes, to, like get our, our timing and our rapport down. And uh, well, now, I mean, the way it worked out, it made more sense to, to like combine the ideas. But uh, so I would say it's not that you, you don't have, like, it's not that you've only done two shows. I think that would be an unfair assessment. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I don't know. I just think I like the rhythm that you and Lex kept up. I do like the weekly release thing. And I do think if you're going to do it, just like Clayton was saying, like, if you're going to do it, stick to a schedule and do it. And I, I do believe in that, you know, in pretty much anything you're going to do, if you're going to do a blog post or you're going to do, I have a very hard time with that in my own, my own work with the writing. It's something I want to do, but I find myself, um, I struggle with it because I, I don't know what to say <laughs> sometimes. So, But yeah, I love it. I love creating a schedule and sticking to it and, and actually following through with that. I think it's fantastic. I do know that with, uh, I mean, when you're creating apps, you know, I come from a design background, you're creating an expectation and, and people come to rely on something. And if they can't rely on you, if you miss a week, you miss an episode, they're going to realize there's inconsistency and eventually just drift away. That was one of the reasons I didn't want to stop doing the show. I, I feel like, well, one, there's still plenty of interesting people out there left to talk to. But also, there's an audience that listens to this show. And as long as there's an audience willing to listen, I'm willing to keep talking and, and talking to people and, and telling and hearing more stories. Yeah, and it's great to hear like where they're listening to. We'll get people who write in our Twitter stream all the time and you know, just tell us, hey, I'm just pulling up our, our Twitter stream here. And one guy said, hey, thanks so much for getting getting me through this 5k uh, training um or this other guy had you know he was like i, I listened to a couple of ep- i saved up a couple episodes so that i could just get through working on this uh and he was like injured before so he was like you know i really wanted to get through this so i saved up a bunch of them so i could listen it's just you know those like little things just just make you, you know, keep you going you know yeah no i think that's awesome that anybody listens to this show at all is still <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> i don't i don't know what's wrong with these people but i love them <laughs> i love them well, I do have one one small bit of tid of information, tidbit of information for you guys here. It's uh, it. the Victorian era dates. Oh yeah, eighteen thirty seven oh, yeah. to nineteen oh one. Oh, eighteen thirty. So all right, I was right. Mid eighteen. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd bring that back for you. Take that, Clayton. <laughs> well, it didn't help that my house was cold as shit. <laughs> Where's your nest? 